Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 43 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me, I got a core team here. We got Matt Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, guys. And producer Jameis Gardy is back with us. Hello! Yay. And we're still kind of continuing our quarantine arc as we still uh, put the <laughs> show together from home. But, uh, you know, light is coming through the tunnel now because we got new stuff to talk about. There's actually news happening. There's actually content either he arriving or coming down the pike. So there's stuff to talk about. Uh, and today is an interesting show because... We're getting something back, and we're losing something we've had for a while, so I thought that was an interesting <laughs> title for this oh. uh, podcast. It's kind of about transitions, which, you know, if you want to boil down 2020 in one word, you know, transitions is not a bad one. <laughs> so, let's, we're going to be talking about what's going on on the uh, kind of Marvel and DC gaming front, a big, big kind of milestone shakeup in WWE, a crazy we-never-saw-this-coming shakeup in DC movies, Plus, also, what is going on in comic books? Because there are also some big events in comics that we are going to touch on. So we got to get into a lot of uh, good geek variety today. So let's start at the top. In our news flash, Marvel's Avengers, the weird missing stepchild of 2020, is still here. <laughs> it's supposed to be a big game like Marvel Spider-Man. There's been all kinds of hiccups, ups and downs, problems, <laughs> confusions about this game. Bad Delays. tweets. Yeah, bad <laughs> tweets. Oh, yeah. Wait, what the bad tweets? Wait. Oh, they, I, I, they posted a, a, what, what they wanted people to have as a virtual Zoom background or a, an animated Zoom background, except it was a picture of the Captain America statue being patrolled by police drones. And like, yeah, there was graffiti on the statue and, and all that. And they were just like, you know, uh, they were like something like they're always, or there was, you know, there's a reason they left and they're always watching or whatever. And it was just, it was such important And they did it, you know, two weeks ago when most of the, the protest stuff was really still in, in yeah. high gear. Oh, it was, God, it just, uh, it. it was one of those, really like, timing. it was just, but like, you should have just really yeah. the black and white of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, day. it was that. It was just I like the responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my God. man! Oh, okay, no. can we? Okay, I'm not even gonna to yeah. get into that video. Yeah, but oh my lord! Keep, <laughs> it keep it light. Let's keep it moving. So we have confirmed something. So this is good news, actually. I mean, despite our tone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Marvel's Avengers has been confirmed for the next gen. Systems for PS5 and for Xbox Series X. Um, yeah, we don't know some other things like if there will be cross-play available and all that good stuff. Uh, What's great is that it's yeah. free because if you get the game on PS4 and Xbox One, you get the upgrade automatically. That's so, good. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. So they're not making people pay another 60 bucks 
if you want to play imagine, that version. Like if you were halfway through it on the PS4 oh, yeah. and then you like finish it out on the PS5. Well, that and be that's cool. And that's the cool thing is that it actually, Compare. the saves will be cross compatible. So yeah. you can't actually start it on there and then move over. Uh, and that's like, yeah, really, the so new good. version. Yeah. That's yeah. really So fun. basically it lays out that Marvel's Avengers hit stores in the fall or in September. Mm-hmm. So you can get the game then and, you know, get your play on if you're still playing it by holiday season when, or you get it later than September, whatever. And the PS5 and Xbox Series X hit, as Matt said, you get a free upgrade to that version of the game. And so there you go. You don't, you can kind of start on one gen and end on another, which is, uh, I'm not a gaming expert, so don't quote me, but that, I think that's like, that's a rare bird that you can do that, right? That's like not, not the first time ever. That's actually really, I mean, if, if they were in need of good press, it's actually a good way to get that. I think that's, uh, that's yeah. not something you typically see. Typically, they're going to make you buy the one of the other. Version, yeah. Yeah. Let's, so just, let's, cool. let's just hope they don't ru- squander all that goodwill because they've got a press event coming up this week. War <laughs> tables tomorrow. Well, today, actually, when you're hearing this. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see. Uh, I mean, we're hoping that we're going to, of course, like get a new trailer and some things like that. But I'm, I'm hoping to see this mythical co-op multiplayer that like we've heard about since day one and they've just not said like anything about it. Yeah, I remember that's when the we interviewed biggest them thing so about ago. this game like we've been asking the whole time is will you really be able to go like full Avengers because I used to be able to play with a bunch of Avengers together in that old arcade game if I can't do that now, like, what is what <laughs> Captain, is wait, Captain America and the, and the Avengers? Yeah, yeah baby. Okay. Yeah. If I can't do that kind of stuff anymore, like, what, what's 2020 even about? Where no so, one played Vision? Yeah. No one played Vision. Be no, honest. some people I mean, played Vision. Well, Vision was great. Yeah. Yeah. Or people played Dazzler and the X-Men, and then people played Wow. wow. Mm. <laughs> so much to unpack in our <laughs> I'm not in yeah. yeah. podcast. Wow, you just dropped uh, bombs on them. I will say, and the cool, the other cool thing they they did talk about was that it will have um, an enhanced graphics mode and a high frame rate mode. But from the way it's phrased, it sounds like you have to pick. Like you can't have both on. You have to either have high frame rate or in enhanced graphics mode. Now that might be the way we phrased it, but it it reads that way. So I'll be interested to see if they clear that up. Will they clear it up? I hope so. I mean, at this point, I feel like they need to answer. Every question. I'm just hoping that that oh, oh, thing we wrote about, uh, where we got the first look at Captain Marvel on the on Kamala's wall, like is legit. Like that actually, we actually get to see like an in model character. But yeah, I, oh, but I, did you guys see that photo uh, where like they're all wearing like Stark Tech stuff and like Black Widow's yeah. front and center? Oh god, that was. The, so wait, awful. you don't like the Stark Tech? Wait, well, hold on. Let me let me make sure. The Stark Tech is the like black and gold looks, right? No, uh, no, it was like okay. It was like some of the other add-on type stuff. There, okay. there was a, a photo that they shared that it just looked r- like weird. It looked like it looked oddly '90s, which okay. was like oddly, like '90s armor design. Most with like, of with like 2020 gloss on it. Most of the costume designs I have been disappointed in. I will say the Stark Tech one, which I thought was the gold black set that they're all wearing that looks sweet and honestly when i get the game they'll probably be wearing that the whole time as long as they can have it <laughs> i did like casual thor 
Thor just like rocking a random blue shirt. Like a lot of people had that, but I'm hoping that they clear up the cooperative play that they've teased for so long where they've teased like armor pieces and you've been able to customize your person and mm-hmm. take them in an ultimate Alliance like fight. I'm hoping we get that. Cause that's honestly the biggest question that's been out there. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Like I just started saying like how this game has not basically just been marketed as next gen ultimate Alliance. Like, I mean, it worked for Nintendo. That's what this game wow. needs to be. Well, we don't know what it is yet, but we're going to find out in September when Marvel's Avengers arrives, and we get to see what it looks like on the next-gen system as well. So the other side of the gaming talk we got to do is we got something on the DC uh, front on Warner Brothers Games. And there's been kind of uh, mounting speculation. We know we're getting another Batman game coming down the pike, and there's been a lot of speculation about that. But we got some domain names registered, and they may kind of reveal something pretty big. And uh, the one I was kind of focused on was there's a possible suicide game, Suicide Squad video game in the works, which is something that's been rumored for some time from Rocksteady Games. And, uh, yeah, I kind of want to see that happen. I really want to do that. that. And yeah. I think there was something, wasn't it even like rumored that a title was like Suicide Squad Kills the Suicide Justice League? Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? Kill the Justice League. Yeah, dot yeah. Com. What? This, yeah. this uh, game is like, I feel like this is the, uh, what would be a good comparison? I mean, I guess you could say, uh, this is the Duke we're gonna, Nuke, this is, oh, I would say this is like a Duke Nukem Forever style thing. They've been talking right? about yes. the Suicide Squad game for years like well and we even long. we even got deleted uh like there was concept art and there was a bunch of stuff that ended up leaking and was like this is what was in the plans originally who god knows who or if that's still something that they mm-hmm. decided to work on or whatever we've yeah. seen that it's going to be a superman game it was going to be a justice league game every <laughs> game awards everybody has like their hand on the button to publish that <laughs> rocksteady publish. releases their new game <laughs> and it never <laughs> happens <laughs> so like yeah. i feel like tyler fisher our, like, oh, one of our gaming guys, I swear, he has that every time. It's written. It's like ready to go, and it never happens. Uh, so hopefully at this DC, you know, fandom event, it will actually happen. I would just love – at this point, I just want a game. I don't care what it is. I just want you to the show a game. same way. I'm yeah. so tired of just hearing, rant, like, rumblings of things. Just, oh, God. But I agree with Kofi. The Suicide Squad one actually, to me, seems more interesting – than the Justice yeah. League one, fitting I with agree. what Rocksteady yeah. does well. No, I mean, like something with Suicide Squad would be, uh, I mean, I feel like that's really is a property that is built with a lot of fun in mind for like, yeah. kind of the way it is the first, but you got James Gunn movie coming around, so this exactly. is a great game mm-hmm. to kind of do, especially if you have like expendable characters and people you can <laughs> sacrifice. It's going to be better than the <laughs> horrible game that came out last time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to play that. <laughs> no, no. I did. Okay. Do I, every try. time I went for it, I just had to press. I ended up on iTunes, bumping type purple Lamborghini instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So we're gonna keep an eye out game front for the uh, both the Marvel, the DC, and everything in between. But hopping over from that, we had another big piece of news come out this week from the WWE section of life. It's an end of an era, huh? Matt, Jim, why don't you tell the people? Why don't you tell and what's me of us, and Is me? one of us going to do the music? Does one of us need to do the Undertaker music? <laughs> oh, yes, and Janelle is a full-on 
Oh, dude. Wrestling fandom. Oh, man. Did you say that? The, oh, that so documentary, hard. I finished it this morning. I was like, I have to make sure I watch this oh. last episode before we start this podcast. And I kind of was, I had tears in my eyes like right before I got on camera. It was so well done. Oh, my gosh. They did such a good job. They really yeah. did. Telling Great. his story. It's, it's so funny. You so guys want to tell the people what you're talking about? Yeah. So, okay. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. So, here's, so yeah. So, so, um, so for those who, who haven't, who don't know or haven't watched it, the WWE uh, has been putting out um, a, a, a five episode documentary series chronicling The Undertaker uh, called The Last Ride. And so, immediately from the get go, people thought, oh my God, is The Undertaker finally going to announce his retirement kind of thing? And the, throughout the entire documentary, it's a it goes through the series of start and stops of Undertaker thinking he's going to have his last match, and and it's a look at it's to it's a such a unique peek behind the curtain, uh, not only of uh, of like the wrestling business itself, but around a a superstar, a character, a Hall of Famer, a legend who has been so closely who has kept his character so closely guarded um that like just any any fan uh you know uh, or anyone who knows about wrestling knows about the undertaker and so um what we got at the end of this last one is undertaker saying that you know he thinks that his match with his last match with aj styles at the uh, this year's wrestlemania Boneyard match. Which was the Boneyard you know, match. No audience. It yep. was like cinematic. Uh, is is probably his last match. Now, of course, he, he caveats that with, uh, <laughs> well, if Vince ever needs me, uh, you know, in case, uh, in case of emergency, break the, break the glass for The Undertaker, <laughs> you know, he, he'll have to... Um, reevaluate. Re yeah, reevaluate his, his position there. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, like, look, he was, he was super candid and super honest. Like, he does not want any more matches like, uh, you know, the, yeah. the Undertaker. Super King, Showdown. And super Showdowns. Crown, and his match yeah. with, his match with uh, Goldberg. Um, you know, and, and, like, and, and to be, like, to be totally honest, it's one of those things where, like, the fact that he was even thinking that his last match would have been at, at Extreme Rules, uh, mm -hmm. like, that to me, is not how you send the Undertaker off. So right. I am glad right. that uh, you know AJ Styles. You know they say you know shoot your shot, and he sure and he did. Uh, I love the setup. I love that at the end of the fourth episode, they actually showed like he was like, "I'm just what what the hell?" Like I'm just gonna <laughs> say it. He can say no, and like I love too that they teased it in, like the third chapter of like Undertaker <laughs> even thinking like, "Man, that would be." Really cool. Like WWE is very good at this. Like when mm -hmm. they plot out a storyline and editing and all this stuff, it's, it's WWE really has amazing. Some, they have some of the best video editors in the business. Yeah. Like, it, um, like bar none. But I just love that they planted because I didn't take it as it, it's an understandable caveat. Yes, that like yep. if Vince breaks the emergency thing, the bat phone, so to speak, yeah. then I could. But it's something that's set up so organically throughout the whole series. Like Michelle McCool, his wife, is always talking about that. Like you're not going to say no to Vince. Like Vince can call <laughs> and dude who home skates away to get his gear when Vince was like, yeah, can you do wrong? He's like, I don't have my gear. So the, he flew home, <laughs> picked up his bag, flew back just for like a raw appearance to like start things up. So like he will pretty much do, you know, if Vince really. Well, here's what I think. Will he wrestle? Probably not. 
will he um will he show up as the undertaker again yeah absolutely yeah, i agree and and i think yeah. it did the documentary did such a good job of of selling the or not even selling but talking and showing that like the effect that every one of those bad matches mm-hmm. had on him his yeah, confidence had on something. his yeah because he was always that was the thing they constantly him triple h and mccool constantly talk about is like yeah chasing the dragon right and you're always you're it's a cycle like he would have a great match and then he'd want to have another one and yep. that would be terrible and then he's looking for the thing to restore it and then yeah. it, it's just this constant drug so to speak so that's what stood uh, yeah. out to me the most is his complete dedication to not all of just like the glitz and glamour and the being on camera but to the actual wrestling like mm-hmm. he is a diehard wrestler like to the core it's everything that he loves is actually in the ring and you have all these older wrestlers who have podcasts and they make appearances on tv and that's just not what he's about he's about actually getting in the ring and at 55 years old it's crazy and it's also really um which is surprisingly young i thought undertaker was older than 50 yeah so did i yeah (laughs) he's 70 but it seems like it because the guy has had like 90 surgeries (laughs) man i I just thought he was basically like an animated frankenstein yeah yeah but it's really cool to see if if you guys even if you're not like uh if you're kind of new to wrestling or you haven't really uh I've been on it. If you've slipped off of, you know, wrestling for a while, a lot of people that I've talked to, they kind of got back into it because of this documentary. And it was just really, really cool to see. This is, this is very much like, you know, basically wrestling's version of that Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. But it was like, it was so, so well done. If it was just so funny. Jim Viscardi of his own and uh, nothing. It's collaborated. No, I'm just kidding. No, I hear what uh, you're saying. No, but like, but it was, but it was interesting. Because, uh, it was interesting, especially in that last episode for the Undertaker one, because, uh, he references Ric Flair uh, and how when uh, and I had just watched the Ric Flair documentary thing that they did, which was only uh, it's only about an hour or so uh, about Flair's last match. And in that there they go. Flair talks about how um, when he got back to when he went or when he got back to WWE after you know, the WCW stuff folded, um, he just didn't feel like himself. He felt you know completely. Uh, like he he lost his touch, he lost it all, and uh, you know for Taker to be like you know, uh, you know I remember when when Flair came back and you're like you're you're Ric Flair you you are wrestling like what, like get your shit together, and uh, and for for Taker to be like I know I now know exactly how he felt yeah um, was a yeah sorry for the curse word uh, but um, but for him to say like to do that and. and and like, and the on the total flip side of that, seeing seeing Mark Calloway as as a, a like a dad, yeah, uh, it was really cool to see, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. like you know, this is a guy who, uh, like I said, you know, has has lived and died by by his character, and so you know, kayfabe know, matters to yeah. <laughs> Calloway. No, and so a lot of and so so like to see that aspect of him, and then in this in the last episode, and I'll stop here, uh, but to see him like. Uh, there's a, a sequence where he is at the performance center and he is, uh, you know, teaching some of the bigger guys there. Uh, and just some of the stuff that, that he, you know, you catch glimpses of the conversation there are just really, really cool. It's just that, you know, it's very, uh, like I said, it's a, it, he seems to be done with the undertaker and ready for, you know, whatever this next phase of his life as Mark Calloway, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be. So anyway, yeah. very good. Right. Recommended well. watching. 
Yeah, I mean, Undertaker, the last ride. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's been a big deal and then certainly ended with this milestone, and this guy's been a staple of wrestling for almost as long as I can remember being a wrestling fan. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we get back, we're going to move into our deep dive section because we got to talk about the return of the original big movie Batman and what it means for DC movies in general. Plus, we got to jump into some DC Comics events and other comics because Matt's here and, you know, he loves to talk about that stuff. So stay tuned for all of that. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right. So let's talk about what happened yesterday. 2020, man. What a wild year it's turning out to be. Um, yeah, we were just all kind of chilling yesterday, hoping, you know, something, anything in the news would happen. <laughs> and boy, howdy, did something happen. Uh, it was kind of a rushy news day yesterday. I was doing, like, developing stories after mm-hmm. developing stories. Joel Schumacher sadly passed away. Oh, yeah. Like, let's take a minute just to say that, you know, Batman Forever and, and Batman and Robin director Joel Schumacher passed away. Uh, he had been battling cancer and unfortunately lost that fight. And, like, we're doing that story and thinking that's, like, the biggest thing in Batman news that's going to happen. And it wasn't even the biggest thing in Batman news for for 20 minutes before we got, like, hit with something even crazier, which is that Michael Keaton, Batman 1989 star Michael Keaton, is coming back to play Bruce Wayne Batman in the Flash movie opposite Ezra Miller. So there's that. Yeah, and if that wasn't enough, we found out that Keaton isn't just signing on to do that. He's also signing on to basically be the Nick Fury of DC movies, kind of popping up in other DC films in, as a kind of, I don't know, like a shepherd or something. Basically, I mean, this is what we were talking about, right? Like, how do you fix all this DC stuff? And Matt was saying, like, you, you basically got to go big and do an entire crisis event as your thing. So, Matt, is this big enough for you? They got Michael Keaton back. <laughs> that, that's pretty. That's pretty big, and that's that's definitely uh, what I would say I would have in mind. It's that kind of now. That everybody, kind of thing. let's just say I was surprised that there are much. There are many more mixed feelings about this than I thought. Like some people are like, I mean, understandably, really psyched. Janelle looks shocked by this. I'm. This was my first superhero movie ever <laughs> in my whole life, and I went on vacation. My parents gifted me the soundtrack. And then they regretted that immediately because we road tripped <laughs> for six hours and I listened to this soundtrack 
over and over and over. And not only that, I was blaring it at like the condo. I was I was obsessed with this. It's a good sound. Oh, yeah, I mean, my favorite. Yeah, I collected <laughs> all those stupid cards that yes, had the card. whole movie and cards. That was the girl. I have the those. Too. Yeah, I had them in order in a book. Yes. Like I had the whole movie laid out. I had the cereal. The cereal was delicious. Like I had all the merch. That was bad. I used to give you so real excited. merchandise at McDonald's. Like McDonald's would give you crazy real merchandise, like actual glass Batman cups. Yeah, those yeah. things. Were yeah. Things. Like yeah. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. I forgot. So, like, yeah, oh, Batman '89 was a big deal. That was also yeah. when the was... promotional cereal wasn't just like leftover Cheerios <laughs> or Lucky <laughs> Charms. No, they made a real Batman <laughs> cereal. Special food, man. I was just somewhere cereal. somewhere in my office. I've got the uh, old '89 uh, Batman. Action figure that has the yellow belt. Yeah, yeah that thing was up. The, no, the one that comes out. Yeah, like, the one that the comes line. out. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that was my favorite oh. toy. Period. Yeah. So I mean, Batman, I'm, I'm about to call my cousin and be like, "Hey, do you have your Batman <laughs> toys? I want them back." So obviously, yeah. you can see from this crowd that yeah, Batman '89 is a big deal. So they're bringing <sighs> it back. Some people think it's it's a sign of desperation from DC, is what I've heard, and. I mean, I don't feel that way. How dare you? Like, no. I, I don't feel that way at all. I think like I think we broke this down pretty well on the podcast already. It's like DC has this kind of big potential franchise to have a v- much more varied franchise than even Marvel does. Um, they've been testing waters with things. You can make your Aquamans, your Wonder Womans, but you can also make your Jokers. Uh, and they kind of been doing that. And we said, well you have all these weird continuity snags because of the half finished Snyder stuff and like all that. And like, what do you do with all this? And I think Matt, like one of our options that Matt hit hit on the head was you basically got to do crisis as a movie event, right? Something that brings all these different franchises together, kind of puts them through a baloney sheet and then comes out on the other and says, okay, now this is the real like new established continuity. And you can fix a lot of things on along the way. Um, you can fix like who your Batman, you know, who your Batman is, who your Superman is, all that stuff. You can close off some of the old stuff, start some new stuff. And it seems like, I mean, this is all still early, but it seems like that's kind of what we're putting together here. Mm -hmm. I, I would love, and, and, and it looks like this is kind of a direction they're going in, but for DC to just swoop in and embrace the concept of the multiverse and just knock it out of the park because you know, you know, when it works, it's 10 years later, Marvel's going to so do it. <laughs> but, and it, oh. and it, when it works, it's like those crisis events when they're right. great on are a small, amazing. On a such, on such a smaller scale, la- this, this year's, last year's, this year, uh, the, this the, year's. La- the most recent. Technically this year. The, yeah, the most recent CW crossover event. Uh, was yeah. was done was done incredibly well. Okay. And I think that's a good point because I think that was a testing ground mm-hmm. where people were like, where they showed like, and there, there's a lot of testing DC loves to do. Yeah. <laughs> they used to be in the animated wing. They used to test all kinds of stuff. Yeah. They got us a Suicide Squad movie and things like that. But Crisis was a test. They put some money into it. They were like, okay, they they allowed all the kind of crossovers, and there were even more that we didn't get to see that people. Like that were even crazier that they were doing, including bringing Batman 89 into it and everything. And it was such a big event and people did kind of bite and people didn't run away and or had their head explode because of all the multiverse stuff. People right. got it and were able to hung, hang with the comic book, comic bookiness of all that. So like, yeah, I mean, it's easy to do. Like just make whatever movies you're making. <laughs> and then at the very end, just have Michael Keaton's Batman show up and be like, 
sorry to like bum you out, but something's coming. Like, gotta prepare, and then you just do one crisis as event movie eventually, and that's kiss like from your a rose. Adventure. We're good. Oh, my God. <laughs> just put Kiss from a Rose. I mean, it has to be playing in the background, in the background or something. Yes. Like, yeah. That yeah. No, so and then great. you do a crisis movie that's like your Avengers Infinity War and Game of Thrones. Yeah. so good. And, then, and it's just, yeah, and just hop like, through all kinds of fun references. Get Ben Affleck back in here. Mm-hmm. Get Cavill in here. Like, get everybody in. And at the end, you just have a new DC movie universe. Some things are the same. When we get to pick and choose, because that's the greatest thing about Crisis. Yes. It's just yeah. totally knit, just cherry picky exactly what you want to keep from dc and exactly what you don't well and, and like rebirth was essentially one giant crisis they just yep. branded it a different name but like <laughs> that's what dc does like every four years is like okay well let's wipe this off the board let's pick the best parts of the new 52 or whatever we'll keep that that worked the rest of this was trash you know whatever like they but that's but that's that. like that's so dc right like I, yeah. when i think of dc comics like the multiverse is is so inherent to, to just DC in general that this is a a no brainer. And this may be a bit of a this may be a bit of a hot take for for some. Oh no! Because I know people really wanted this. I love Michael Keaton coming back as Batman so much more than the idea of Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne. Well, wow. Well, okay. I like both. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I like both. Seen we just have, have to choose. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to choose. choose. But for this movie in particular. I'm okay with that. But it also kind of depends I don't on what they do. think we have to do. choose in this movie. I don't think we <laughs> yeah. even but are going to be choosing in this movie. If they do Flashpoint, though, I understood why you have someone like Jeffrey Dean Morgan be Thomas Wayne. Because yeah. that's a different style of story. Like, yes, they're the same type of story as in, like, someone screws up time or someone does whatever and they fix a bunch of stuff. But, like, the, the feel of those movies and those stories is very different. So, Jeffrey Dean Morgan made sense for Flashpoint. Yeah. If you're if you're bringing in Keaton, I don't think you're going that route. I think you're going more along the lines of like a crisis, and just you have a a figure that's an important figure from the Batman mythos be here, and this Nick Fury thing. I think it makes more sense, Keaton. Like I like both personally. I'm cool with both, uh, but Keaton makes more sense because the biggest thing about DC, aside from the multiverse, has always been legacy. That's where it shines. That's mm-hmm. where it, in a lot of ways for me, outshines the Marvel universe in that respect yep. of how they treat legacy and characters. So Keaton, having Keaton and then whoever, if it's going to be Pattinson, be the Batman going forward and you're going to kind of work out all the Affleck stuff, that makes perfect sense to have this. Everyone can almost agree on Keaton. Like you get a lot of argument among <laughs> Val Kilmer about George Clooney, of course, about like all the Batmans that have come before and even Batfleck, who I adore, you, you will get a lot of back and forth. Keaton almost is one of those, like he's almost universally loved in that role. You're going to get very few people that have something negative to say about Keaton's Batman. They might not love it as their favorite, but they don't dislike it. So, you know, here's the thing though. Keaton's also, he's 68. Yeah, uh, which is like it's like okay, he's uh, older than Undertaker. He's- <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's crazy to me. Uh, and so and so realistically, like the, you know, the question then becomes, you know, like, and it's been said that you know Keaton uh, in this will be you know kind of peppered potentially throughout a few other movies, playing a mentor kind of role, which I'm which I'm all about. Uh, but like, are we going to see him back in the suit? Uh, you know, I would love it. But like, if this gets us to you know even like a, a Batman Beyond type, I was scenario, gonna, I was waiting for you. Uh, we got all this. Just jumping the gun. Come on, we're sorry, getting all sorry. this stuff. 
Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, let's talk about that because the big thing is, what does this mean for the larger DCEU? There's the there's the question about you know, do are we going to straighten out our Batman thing? Can you use Flashpoint as a backdoor way? I mean, you're already introducing Keaton's Batman, so you know Ezra Miller's already met Ben Affleck's Batman, so obviously these are different. So can you just come out of this with a new Batman? Um, but yes. Is this our closest thing to uh, getting us to a Batman Beyond movie? Because, I mean, this pretty much sets the stage. I mean, it, it, it's never been closer, right? Like, I would love Keaton as old Bruce in that. I love Batman. Oh, but like, I mean, yeah, and that's I would like an that. easy teaser. So cool. Ezra Miller's Flash has to go back to his thing, and then like, but you still have kind of Keaton's Batman who's got to prepare for a crisis. So what does he do? He kind of hires a, a, you know, he has to outsource Batmaning to a young man. <laughs> Name Terry. That'd be uh, that'd be awesome. Wow. People sure. wanted this. I mean, there's two things people are going to, I mean, that they could beat Marvel too right now. The, the um, like you said, the kind of multiverse crisis, that whole thing, which Marvel mm-hmm. eventually does have to fix, but it's going to take like 12 years. Um, <laughs> you can get done now. Uh, and the future character, right? Like yep. Marvel's not like really getting into these future characters yet. Like you don't have a spider or Sony either. Like you don't have a Spider-Man 29 2099 movie or something like that so you can do like a batman beyond and start to get that ball rolling and Mm -hmm. get the future stuff going you mean dr strange can't fix everything (laughs) no unfortunately not darn it so so do you or do we think that flash is going to have to go to the future to get keaton's batman or is he going to go to the past and get I think they've said openly that this is like a, a multiverse thing. So he's going to be stopping at different points mm-hmm. in a multiverse. I think Keaton might be the one who tells his stupid Barry Allen, stupid butt, like how to do this without <laughs> screwing everything up. But that was like, so judgmental on Barry. <laughs> Dude, you trust Aunt Ezra Miller's Barry Allen oh to go hop skipping through the multiverse? So, like, so yeah. here's nope. the thing. What I will say is that. Uh, I have I have not believed in this Flash movie that's ever going to happen, and I've I still don't necessarily feel confident. But I'm hoping now. I have fingers crossed because I want this to work out. I'm getting but, to the point where I'm almost wanting to believe. Yeah, like I'm oh, it's so close. But what I will say is, if they manage to get all this off the ground, I adore the idea of of Ezra's Barry Allen being the one to like be the the linchpin in all this because Barry Allen in the comics to me anyway is boring. He's completely boring. He's cardboard. And it's always been that way. Wally West to me is way more interesting as a character. So Barry Allen tends to be the one in the middle of all this. And Ezra Miller's Barry Allen is way more interesting just on a personality level than Barry in the comics is. So, I mean, you know, this is one of those things where it could actually end up being better if they play all the cards right um, than even the comics one, which I really like. Uh, but I, I hope it's the multiverse aspect. Like I don't necessarily, I like the future stuff and like Batman beyond makes sense. Like it's what happens in the future, but I almost like the idea of the Batman beyond thing being another world, not necessarily in our, in our future of like the main timeline. Also right now, this conversation we're having is the problem with DC's multiverse <laughs> is that oh, once okay. you start, once which, those gears start going, which, time, which timeline is the, is, it is, is earth prime. Basically. It is so easy. And we've seen it in comics to go off the rails. Infinite crisis is a perfect example of like it going off the rails. Oh, yeah. We're going to save this. Cause we're going to, we're going to get to that. And we did yeah. the whole discussion about that. I want to have about DC yeah. and crises and so, all that stuff. Okay. So I just, it's like um, one of those things you hope they, they nail well, it down. 
I mean, it's it's been described. I'm just doing some research. It's been they've already teased it's going to be like Back to the Future. Um, they've already teased that it's going to be the it's going to be grounded in the personal story of Barry trying to save his mother and kind of having that go askew in and having to deal with kind of restoring that mistake that he has. And so you got to imagine it's going to take him a few tries. He's not going to get this right, like getting this messed yeah. up universe back to order. So it seems like when when he messes up the universe like the Batman that he meets will be kind of probably Keaton's Batman yeah. who's trying to help him kind of restore things. And that's good because Keaton has the gravitas to kind of do stuff with him about like loss and, and, you know, getting over it and having to deal with it and not becoming too obsessed and all that, all that great stuff that's mined out of that flash Batman meeting that yeah. even resulted in the, in the kind of really powerful ending to the flashpoint comic story. Um, where he kind of comes back after meeting Thomas Wayne, which we won't get the same thing because he brings a letter from Thomas Wayne back to Bruce Wayne. And it's like this rare thing where Batman gets like really emotional and stuff. Anyway, like those two characters really work and Keaton has the kind of great foil to be the doc Brown to this kind of kids, Marty McFly. And I, I could see the appeal to that. But um, so we know that's going to be, there will be something to ground it. And so, yeah, but there's also a lot of room to have fun with kind of very, again, messing up things and going to these other timelines and doing like that Simpsons episode with the toaster and Homer and kind of going to different. I just have one request to fix things of Warner brothers, please. For the love of Lord, do not create a cosmic treadmill. Please, uh, <laughs> please. I hate that thing with a passion. It's the most comic gonna, booky I mean, thing of comics. <laughs> it could very well be in there, but um, Don't I would make it too see, complicated. In that framework, I would love to see Thomas Wayne be an antagonist in this and some of the stuff because City of Bane made that really good. And to see, yeah. I would love to see him kind of begin to kind of be like the Biff to this and, and begin to hijack like, you know, Flash's timeline thing. And if he and Keaton could have like a scene meeting together, like that would be amazing. Right, be but, like, wouldn't, but wouldn't the, the more like the most natural foil to this be reverse Flash though? Ugh. Well, dude, I mean, yeah, he's going to probably be I agree, but... I think think Thomas Wayne's Batman would be a great kind of X factor, somebody who kind of tries to hijack the plan because he doesn't want a world... I mean, he would probably want to show a world where, you know, Bruce, his Bruce didn't die or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Can we we say that that is the most overused character in all the comics? Reverse Flash... Reverse Flash is the most overused, <laughs> no, overrated character. Dumb name, dumb name, kind of like overused so, character. But, I, yeah. but I've got a question though, because like this, e- even with all of this, multiverse, Flashpoint, wherever we end up, the Snyderverse is still pretty much the backbone of the DC film universe, though, isn't it? Pre-crisis. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, pre-crisis, post-crisis, we're going to start getting these terms out and dusting them off, baby. (laughs) A bunch of movie audiences are about to get introduced to all of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's what's going to be. Like, this will be the end of the Snyderverse. This will be, in which we we called years ago saying that, like, I mean, I think we even have an article buried in somewhere in comic book DC uh, that's basically that says, use the Flash to fix this mess. Yeah. (laughs) And it's this idea. It's like, get us out of here. I think the one character that would you would see obviously the least change from and the myths surrounding her is Wonder Woman. I think yeah. Wonder Woman yeah, is the one. But that's the, the thing. One, like we said, yeah. you pick and choose. That's the yeah. great thing about DC and Crisis. 
Aquaman's going to be basically the same, except of weird stuff from that movie. They don't, you know, there is no Pitbull Toto anymore in the DC. <laughs> uh, like that gets erased, but like, oh, man, I forgot but like Wonder Woman will be the same, or they'll yeah. do that kind of uh, new timeline where she was like officially the first or whatever. Jason, you know, there's a lot of things you can play with. So mm-hmm. you can even make more Wonder Woman stories in a renewed timeline in which you can do things differently. You know what I mean? If if Warner Brothers has the money to bring back Michael Keaton, do they have the money to bring? back ryan reynolds no just stop no and you know why i want my movie to succeed (laughs) and he's always cameo but like yeah him and blake lively would be a fun i mean that's the thing again this is crisis one of the fun things is you could have a lot of fun cameos he doesn't have to stay he's just 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 get him to show up yeah no i think it's a cool cameo would be a great cameo yeah it'd be hilarious and you should also get taika to jump back (laughs) (laughs) and get him to jump back yeah i mean Uh, also Here's the thing. Maybe this is the way I get Mark Strong back as Sinestro because Mark <laughs> Strong killed that role. Yeah. It's yeah. so disappointing that we didn't get to really see him like become Sinestro, the fear core and all that. But anyway, I digress. All right. We're going to move on because there's gonna, we're just going to probably be a lot to unpack because this changes everything about the upcoming DC movie slate and what it's going to be all about. So we'll be, I'm sure talking about it, but Wow. But uh, yeah, DC continues to have one. I mean, 2020 is melting down for a lot of people, but DC is somehow coming up like a phoenix out of this. I I just I, I am shocked at how quiet things have been on the Marvel front. While DC is literally just stepping into it and yeah. uh, just. Okay. But can we say that Taking that's it partly because Marvel Marvel movies had their crap together? I mean, that, they don't have to. <laughs> they don't have to speed no, a bunch of argument, stuff up. And this is a different discussion, but there's an argument to be made about how they could have been per, kind of teasing things along and keeping us interested in Phase 4 a little bit more. There's a I mean, sure. Movie. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. could have robbed the thunder a little bit. But I imagine there's some people at Marvel go, like, let, let them have their moment. Okay, they've worked so wow, hard to get so here. <laughs> Moving right along to DC Comics. We're going to DC Comics now from DC Movies. Uh, this week um, and last week, we had uh, Scott Snyder on the show to talk about Dark Knight's Death Metal, and yeah. Matt gave a review. I had not read this series yet, and so I went back over the weekend and went back and read all you know the whole Death Dark Knight's Metal, and now this first issue of Death Metal. Um, I will say that uh, so far, I think Death Metal, I mean, I'll agree with Jim, we were talking before the show, is seems like a better, from the first chapter, a better setup for a better story. Um, Dark Knight's Metal, Dark Knight Metal wasn't my favorite. And I think both of these stories kind of have made me kind of center in on what I think, because we hear things behind the scenes here that we don't report, because we can't substantiate, but we've heard things like, you know, there are different kind of attitudes about what DC Comics should be between different DC Comics creative people. And I'm beginning to see why now. And I think I know my place in this battle, which is I think DC has a kind of at a place where there's either two approaches to DC right now. It's either things that kind of streamline and simplify the mythology or things that really just take it and expand it in a very comic booky, crazy kind of way. And I think Dark Knight metal and death metal subsequently falls into that latter category where the thing I didn't so much enjoy about metal is it's very smart writing and it's very smart pulling together of the DC continuity, but it also is in some ways so inside baseball for like DC, like 
you can you can't even like be a DC fan and necessarily understand all this. You need it's to be a like a very hardcore DC book. DC yes. like I read everything DC ever does, and I know all of these stories kind of thing because they're just referencing so much stuff that has in stuff that has been retconned like fifty times, like from the Hawkman stuff to the nth metal now numbering nth metal on some X Men Weapon X type deal to like 10th metal and like all these metallic references back to plastic man, John Henry, um, like the metallic men, like all this stuff is just so inside baseball. And that's just only part of it. Then you got to get into all the crisis stuff that's happened and what that means and how the universe has all these multiverses. But now there's this whole back of the map, like subconscious universe. And it's just so, I mean, even the Court of Owls stuff finally comes back around with their whole master scheme <laughs> from when Batman got sent back in time in Infinite Christ. It's like, Arvados. it head melt, like, yeah, <laughs> makes your head melt just trying to, like, pull all these things together. I mean, this is just, like, Sounds decades of DC storytelling, like, coming at you. In weird metal metaphors and ACDC, yeah, was so good. And <laughs> weird metal metaphors and like it, it was just surprisingly short on actual substance, substantive like action in each book, as it was just so much information overload and trying to explain like all these crazy things, like Batman and Superman going through some trip through the void and all this stuff. So I say all that to say, at least Dark Knight Death Metal seems in the first issue, like it's just more of a straight up comic booky. I mean, there's this one splash page, which again, just like made me almost want to put this down. And it's like a splash page of the big villain perpetua who I didn't even know because I thought you could just read dark Knight metal and go from dark Knight metal to death metal. But apparently a lot has happened in between these two series <laughs> that I still don't understand. And now I'll have to go back, but there's a splash you, uh, page about perpetua, the anti monitors. I thought they the actually did a pretty good job of summing yeah. all that up. Yeah, but gonna... all that made my head want to explode. <laughs> like I was cool with just the Batman who laughs, just hunting down alt version of wonder woman and swamp thing. And, having this master plan i was like okay this is classic stuff i can get with but like yeah once we get to those splash pages about all the new gods the they're trying to pull all of this together i was like dc you are going to lose me and this is why it's so hard to break into some of these books like it really is jim do you want to go first uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean look i um i i did not really enjoy metal because i thought for me metal felt like a lot Metal was a lot, admittedly. Metal, metal was metal was a lot. From a fan um, of metal, metal was a yeah. lot. <laughs> and and so, but but like, I'm glad metal happened because of the things that it put into the DC toy box. So you know, uh, Batman who laughs and kind yeah, of all, great all, new all, character. You know, Fantastic all of that, character. all of that, all of that other stuff, and the idea of um, you know the dark multiverse and and whatever. Uh, and so going into this one, I was, I was a bit trepidatious on it, but I really enjoyed it in a way that, that I, I can appreciate. And I felt this way about like uh, uh, Hickman's X-Men, right? I went into this issue knowing that there are things that I do not totally understand, but I enjoyed it enough to hope that as the issues go on, it will, get, it will be explained and the things that I need to know will be will be presented to my 
but be presented in a way. Oh yeah, we didn't uh, even talk about Watchmen's all up in this too. Doomsday yeah. Clock is all up in yeah. this too. Yeah, yeah, and so, but like you know, uh, there, there, it. The way Scott deals with characterizations of you know the this current Wonder Woman that that we're uh, you know that we're following, um, what it's doing with Swamp Thing right now is 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 fun. Uh, what it's doing with uh, you know how it got Batman involved um, and what you know. I can't wait for the Superman stuff. Yeah, to come. like that. Like, that yeah, small. Thing. You know, for, for so for like for like the main Bruce Wayne to be a Black Lantern now is kind yeah. of like nuts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the dead. I mean, the dead bats thing. I mean, this first cool. issue really does throw everything at the wall. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, like the idea of um, and, and, uh, before we go into it, like, ma- like we're gonna talk. Oh, yeah, we should spoilers. So, sorry, Batman. If, sorry if I spoiled the Batman thing for you, but it's been out. It's for, been a week. It's, it's been a week. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, there is a there's a moment where you know Batman is getting a message to to Wonder Woman and he says like hey uh, melt the invisible jet down because that metal will be invisible and you can we can use it for armor or whatever and so this like weird electric uh, you know energy infused chainsaw, chainsaw that Wonder Woman yeah, yeah chainsaw of truth chains- yeah like she she re- she dips it in this metal and it, and you get the or in the it, you know, the remnants of the invisible jet. And then you just turn to this splash page where, you know, I'm sure is a MacGuffin because it's the first issue and there's no way that they're going to get rid of uh, the Batman who laughs just yet. But it was, it was a cool, it was a cool moment. I think Greg Capullo has not looked better. (laughs) And like, like, and like FCO on colors, Glapian on the inks. Like it was just an, an overall, great comics package. There's a, there's a, like a big scene where it's like all the different, like a bunch of different Batman nightmare Batman from all yep. the universe. So you have like Clayface Batman, you have like all these deals and it's this giant splash and it's like, it's gorgeous. Like there's so many, the moment you're talking about with wonder woman and the chainsaw is yeah. such a cool moment, but you, um, like, you don't get page turns like that. No, anymore. not, like, not yeah, as much, not as much. Yeah. Um, so I, ba- so I bounce off of gyms. Like I, I am pretty in, enthusiastic about this issue and one of the things that we just talked about ironically is is how how you approach dc books and dc to me excels when they either a go completely insane and just throw all these cool ideas in the blender and have some fun in the universe grant morrison is a perfect example of this on several books over the years uh and snyder does the same type of thing it's what i loved about metal is that it was? It had so many ideas, and yes, it was incredibly dense with the World Forge and uh, Dark Multiverse, and like that. It's they're trying to draw it to the real one because it's all where all the bad worlds go, and like <laughs> Wally West's like whole thing arc in this, and becoming like Metreon, like all that. It's nuts, but it's also like incredibly fun and in, and just like it's just so cool to see what they're gonna do. Well, next. that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I feel like now the first one was just so much of the raw like just kind of crapping out the Here's idea the setup. but i and liked metal like, yeah. overall like i i actually liked the mystery of hunting down the nth metals and finding the different things oh, and seeing yeah. why See, that, I dug all that all that all like the minute they like brought up nth metal and i was like nope i'm out oh no, that's <laughs> it. I dug. So yeah, then, I mean, the whole and thing then, in batman superman's weird crazy like i hate and dc is the worst about this is like what should be like a simple awesome multifaceted like battle or war 
somehow has to dip into some metaphysics as somebody goes through some kind of spiritual sure. and well, it's very I mean, look, that's also very Scott, Scott Snyder has has never has never been one to to not say that you know one of his biggest inspirations you know in this industry is is um, Grant Morrison and so this this feels this feels like the the craziness you would kind of expect from Grant Morrison, I think, would distilled down to make a little bit more sense because I could never get into well, Morrison stuff. Like Combined with, with the darkness and the interpersonal stuff that Scott Snyder has been, you know, known for and, and very good, you know, very good with. Like there are parts of this book that are that are dark. Like there's yeah. like, you know, moments and lines that I'm just like, whoa. Well, and Snyder to me has always actually had a little bit more uh, focus on enough individual character moments in between yeah. all the eccentricity and, and Morrison sometimes gets lost in the eccentricity. And for like, for me, that was enough for that metal for death metal. Yes, it is quite dense. If you haven't read justice league, if you haven't read hell's risen, there are a lot of perpetual things in there. I mean, the whole battle of perpetua and the dueling energies and all that played out in justice league. I have so no idea into who, this, who perpetua is. I'm just yeah. going with it. But, but see, to me, there was enough in here. And honestly, look, I read all that and there's still parts I don't quite understand because <laughs> I read all that stuff and I was like, okay, my brain sores. However, yeah, what I thought Death Metal did that. was distill that and in two pages, there's that two page like essential yeah. splash page of like, here's exposition on who yeah. Perpetual is, what Luther like, did. Like what, 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 Hickman, what Hickman would do in two text pages in a giant diagram, yes. uh, Scott Snyder did with a whole shit ton of word captions. But here's the thing. Can, which one do you prefer? I tend to like both, and if they're used correctly, I kind of prefer this because I get to see something, not just a chart. I would like to actually uh, see I art. Do like, I do I like charts. Hickman's charts I don't like have charts. a sneaky way of taking a comic splash page can only do so much with the space it has where Hickman's yeah. charts actually tells you like an entire series story and I, like and that says like now it. all of that how's that here's how that factor <laughs> i appreciate it but yeah. if i wanted to but this it's, is a visual medium it's just a yeah, it's a visual medium i'd rather yep. have visuals with that as opposed to a powerpoint chart That's so right. it's it's something <laughs> i appreciate and i thought he did a really good job like i would actually be interested to see if janelle yeah. read death metal one and i would like to see what I, mean, I will try you, whatever right because yeah, you haven't read any of the other stuff yeah i kind of said i was sticking literally before we started the podcast we were all discussing that maybe i should stay with marvel because it's easier to process sure. and this would be a, a dip in the toe just but one I've, see what you think i Don't would do love that to, to try i'd love to give Don't it do that. i, I so like cool. death metal so i'm just saying like it might i would be very but i would just be interested to see what your thoughts were of how yeah. approachable it is how if it's confusing if it is kind of you get enough to just have fun with it. i would be really well, even as like a you know i guess now i can't say that i'm a non-comic book reader because i've been reading comic books but when i start started watching like crisis and flashpoint and all of that on tv as someone who didn't know any background on any of that i feel like they did a really good job just to flip it all the way back of explaining it to the noobs the people that don't understand or have any idea what it is and that's what i want them to do in the movies as well but yeah i would definitely i'll give this a go if you yeah. guys want me to give me homework man i love choo, it choo. all right yeah. we're gonna end there matt take us out with what comics are coming out this week and nope. we're gonna close out the show 
All right, so uh, this week is a pretty good week of, of a mix of books. Uh, so we have Angel and Spike number 11 from Boom Studios. Uh, this week is the big Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 50. A ton of stuff happens. This is the big climax to Necessary Evil. Uh, make sure to watch the site uh, for an interview with writer Ryan Parrott all about the book. So make sure to read the issue before you watch that because uh, there will be spoilers. Uh, moving over to DC, we have Aquaman number 60. Uh, Batman number 93, which we will definitely get into at a different time. Uh, we have a big Green Lantern issue. Oh, man, issue. I forgot. We didn't do that today. Oh, well, we, we, but we talked so much about death metal. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk More about that. More than I meant to. So we're uh, going to get to that on Thursday. <laughs> uh, we have Green Lantern, 80th anniversary, 100-page Super Spectacular, which does have uh, a series of stories from renowned creators, including uh, one that I thought was really good from Jeff Johns. Uh, we also have Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey number two, Teen Titans number 42, uh, Once in Future number eight, which we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago, but definitely if you are into the King Arthur uh, mythology and everything, definitely I couldn't recommend that series more. Uh, we have John Wick Volume 1 from Dynamite, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 105, Star Wars Adventures The Clone Wars number 2, uh, Die number 11, we have Spawn number 307, uh, Captain America Marvel Snapshot number 1, Immortal Hulk number 34, which is ending soon, so you definitely want to finish out the run, uh, Empire Avengers number 0, which is the preamble if you will to that big marvel event that's coming up uh we also have thor number five rick and morty presents the council of ricks number one and the art of the last of us part two yeah it's comics all right thank you matt that'll do it for this episode of comic book nation if you're just now getting into the show during our quarantine arc we put up new episodes every wednesday and friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our rss feed or you can subscribe at your, fav uh, at your favorite podcast listening platforms. We are on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can find video of the podcast at comicbook.com YouTube page or watch live with us every Wednesday and Friday on Facebook. You can also tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it'll start it up for you. If you want to chat with us, you can always hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And I'm at Jim Biscardi. And if you are also just getting into the show, we give out t-shirts to our fans who leave five-star reviews on iTunes. When we do a kind of review roundup, we read them on the on air on the show. And if we read yours, all you got to do is send us some info and we'll send you a t-shirt. We are out of our offices right now, and I don't know when we're going back, but when we do go back, we're going to be sending out some t-shirts. Make sure you go on iTunes and leave a five-star review. I've been keeping up and seeing you guys steadily just keeping those five-star reviews coming in, a lot of new fans. So we want to thank you for that. That'll do it for this episode. We are Comic Book Nation. We want to say stay connected, guys. Stay healthy. Make sure you're taking care of yourselves, and make sure you check back in with us every Wednesday and Friday, and we'll see you then. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.